just a quick spoiler warning before you get into this episode. Um, we do give away key plot points for the films Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Joker in this episode. So if you've not seen those, uh, do go away and watch them and come back. On with the pod. Hello and welcome to the Little Film Podcast. My name's Adam. I'm here with Ollie. Hello. Dave. Hiya. <laughs> I was going to say that, actually. I was going to say it in that voice. That's really weird. And Patrick. Well, I'm not going to do it now. Hi. Well, you can do it now. Hiya. Well, we're here to look back on the year that's just gone by, 2019, uh, and talk about our best and worst of the year, our top three and bottom three films of 2019 yeah it's just the four of us today tony's not here tony tony's not here because he as he said he didn't watch enough films last year so unfortunately he watched probably about three films didn't yeah he? it's like his resolution that time to read a book a week and then you spoke to him adam in uh, november didn't you You're like <laughs> how many have you read he's like none his resolution became to read a book yeah. and he still didn't do it <laughs> still didn't achieve it and still hasn't um, he never learned to read, unfortunately, no. uh, but also doesn't watch films. Very sad. So shall we crack into it? Yeah. Good year generally, wasn't it, for yeah. f- for films, I think, last year? Very good Would year. you say so? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I watched a lot of films last year. A lot of good ones. We obviously talked about quite a few of them on the podcast in the first half of the year. We've then had quite a long hiatus while I had a baby and <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you didn't really get organised to record without my kind of cracking the whip so there's a you know there's a whole kind of six months or so of 2019 where we didn't talk about any of the films that came out on the podcast so it should be interesting to hear what your top three and bottom three are uh now we discussed this and we decided we're going to go with worst first is that because it's more fun i think so yeah <laughs> so who wants to kick us off with worst dave you look poised and yeah ready to go. I, i'm happy to go first Do you wanna, so have you ranked them um, or is it just three in no particular I, order? I haven't ranked them. No. But three truly atrocious films that I saw <laughs> last year. And then I watched. I did actually watch, unfortunately, my fair share of bad films last year. So there were films which didn't make the cut for my worst three. But the worst three I watched, in no particular order, was uh, firstly Godzilla, King of Monsters, <laughs> which is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute garbage. Garbage. Who's in that? It's just a whole host of. Is it Cran- fi- Cranston? No, he's, he, in he's in the original. original it's one. a host of forgettable characters hanging around dark places while ridiculous monsters fight. There's loads of CGI monsters fighting, and it's really hard to tell what's going on. It's just rubbish. <laughs> um, so look forward to more of those films because they're building out that Godzilla universe. Oh, great! Fantastic. The the next two are both Netflix productions. Velvet Buzzsaw, which was the sort of Jake Gyllenhaal um, art world horror film, was just unfathomably (laughs) boring and predictable and not scary for a horror film and just made me think, actually, I've built up so much respect for Jake Gyllenhaal over the years and it kind of knocked it all down in one sort of fatal swoop and now I'm not at all excited about what he's working on. 
so that was great. And then Six Underground, yes. the Michael Bay Netflix film, which while relatively entertaining in that there's an explosion, I'd say about every two seconds, um, <laughs> is just like... Still a 10-year-old boy at heart. It's just the stupidest... Yeah. Like, actually, it's like cinema. It's not in, in cinema because it didn't get released in the cinema, but it's just like films for stupid people. And I think, actually, even stupid people watching Six Underground would be like, I think this is dumb. <laughs> is there a helicopter? It's a stupid person's there's stupid there's film. There's numerous helicopters yeah. and numerous... <laughs> like, everything is like slow motion glossy bodies oh, oh there's a bit where yeah. someone like what do they do do they like slide down a banister and then shoot through a car window or something it's oh. yeah and also someone forgot to tell michael bay that free running was cool about 15 years ago because <laughs> he uses it all the time in this film it's like look everyone have you had a free running it's like michael but it's honestly like someone michael, 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 michael come in <laughs> Taking the taking the like lead off Michael Bay and gone right off you go go and do what you want let's see what you got off the leash and yeah. what he came up with was parkour yeah the internet sensation of two thousand and four as uh, Jim Halpert says in the office but that but that leads into my worst films here because I like Dave while entertaining in places it is awful and that that would be in my list of worst films of, of twenty nineteen can I ask you a question because you're you're you've picked out two Netflix films then. If you start watching a film like that on Netflix, do you watch it through to the bitter end? Yeah. Because do you not find... I mean, this may just be a kind of indictment of my attention span, but if I pick out a film like that on Netflix or a streaming platform, because there's so many other things that you could be watching, if I, I find it now increasingly tempting if I get sort of half an hour into something and I'm hating it, to just either go and do something else or uh, watch something else on Netflix because there's so many better ways to spend that time so i think for those two films they both had actors who before watching them i really liked um so ryan reynolds is in six underground and jake Hall in velvet buzz sword so i i thought they might have some saving graces later on and you so loved ryan them. reynolds and detective pikachu obviously so. yeah <laughs> which just narrowly missed the cut there um, oh god that was last year yeah. yeah but god godzilla was the only one where i was genuinely i thought about turning it off after five minutes and then i thought about turning it off again after 15 minutes and i thought about stop watching it again at, at like half an hour the whole way through the film i was like why am i still watching this film mm. I can walk away. He clearly bloody loved it. Because it's secretly. <laughs> he was like, yeah, another explosion. But I, I, I'm not saying it's a good thing that that's now kind of like how I feel watching films. And it's another reason why I increasingly love the cinema even more than I used to because, well, I've never walked out of a film. I know some people do, but it's it feels like much more of a commitment to walk out of a film mm. at the cinema than to turn off what you're watching on Netflix. Well, yeah, I think we we were talking about this earlier. The cinema is amazing because you literally the only thing you're doing is watching yeah. the film, mm. and, and it's and it's genuine, genuinely inexcusable to like be on your phone in the cinema. Mm. Whereas, like, if you're watching it at a friend's house or you're doing, it's still annoying. People mm. shouldn't do it, just as they shouldn't like talk too much doing it. But it is different. You've gone there for that. Yeah, and that it's, you're glued it, to it. You're immersed in it. You're immersed in it. That it, it is it, the smell of popcorn. Like, brilliant. You and can, you've also weirdly. You've, 
this is some silly because you you do pay for Netflix, but you pay for a ticket to go to the cinema. Whereas yeah. I think with a Netflix subscription, you just forget about that you pay that every month, and you just you feel like you don't have to pay for watching all these things. Whereas when you buy a cinema ticket, you're actually yeah laying down some cash to go in, mm. which isn't so much a problem over here because it's quite cheap comparatively to cinemas like there's cinemas in london aren't there which is like 25 30 quid for a ticket yeah it cost me 25 quid to watch wow. star wars wow that's worth it though i think like for a imax experience well, it was if you that's liked it like cool. me let's <laughs> 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 yeah. not get into star wars again film. ollie ollie do you want to give us uh, your your yeah. worst films of the year well the, i've only been able to nail down one film which i thought was terrible which was six underground another film which wasn't awful but was a really really big disappointment for me was it chapter two interesting mm-hmm. that would be in your three worst no i didn't say it was worse. i just I, I haven't been able to nail down worse films i just found, right. i just thought it was a really big letdown and a disappointment for I'd me i'd give that like i'd give it like a 5.5 what I would you give six. out of 10 ollie what it chapter two yeah the film we're talking about yeah probably a four or five and hey, you love on, chapter <laughs> one i love chapter one yeah Hang on though. So you can't think of your the three of three films that you would put your worst films of the year, but you didn't like it chapter two and would give it like a four out of ten. So surely that's one of them. Yeah. Well, well, he said yeah. almost a five, so it's almost like By still what I don't okay. wanna, I don't want my worst films sound like it was a terrible film. It was a stinker. It just what yeah, it, it was just, a turkey. It was a real disappointment. Like, that's maybe fair like do you yeah. know what i mean it's like i think that's allowed as well the thing of, of of disappointment yeah it was more disappointment than i think that's probably why the score was <laughs> the idea of what what's allowed and not allowed <laughs> yeah. quite funny. like us that was a disappointment to us me. the film or us as in us the podcast <laughs> yeah, like this podcast is very disappointing <laughs> was, was pet film. cemetery this year mm. uh, yeah yeah because that wasn't yes it was great either but just, I've, what I'm trying to say is there hasn't been any films this year which I thought which I've watched which I thought were genuine stinkers what you're trying to say is you haven't thought through what you were asked to do for this podcast no, no, no. I just, <laughs> just, I just, just like Wait, eventually the teacher's like so you haven't done the homework <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, were trying to put, you were trying to put Mortal Engines in here which didn't come out in 2018 yeah. so basically you haven't done the homework Annihil- well, no, no, Annihilation I've done, I've done the homework but I've but really very hastily <laughs> just before the lesson struggle while the teacher's walking up the stairs think of like like absolute stinkers <laughs> which I've seen this year that's been the problem <laughs> like Tom that time with the uh, Canterbury Tales essay he wrote in like 10 minutes before the class and the teacher said yeah you've spelt Chaucer C-H-O-R S-T-E-R and handed it back to him without marking it <laughs> it's like <laughs> so good <laughs> So yeah, six, six Underground was awful. <laughs> it chapter two was a, was a big letdown. There, yeah, I'd say those are my. So big that's letdown. that's your your worst three <laughs> of the year. <laughs> All right, Billy Big Balls. Let's hear your worst films of the year. Then. <laughs> oh, Big Spuds over yeah, here. It's, it's a fair point because I've only got two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, my 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 two worst films of the year. Uh, one of them would be Star Wars, oh, which we've God. talked about. We've changed their opinion on that, though, based on our ec- excellent points. <laughs> <laughs> I've spinelessly. I reckon caved. you're going to lift. I, I predict he'll lift that to at least uh, five. Yeah. Well, if you sit again and again go over. Yeah. Uh, just think about some of the things that we were saying as you. Just excellent. I now deliberately won't. I mean, I, I, I'm. <laughs> it's, like, it's a two. Now. It's a, <laughs> I should point out for anyone who hasn't heard our Star Wars review that we've we've just recorded. 
uh, that review. Um, so, and yeah, I, I gave it a three out of 10. Was not was not keen on Star Wars at all. The other one I put in there, and it is tricky because, I mean, to be fair, I've not actually seen that many films this year because of having a baby. Uh, so possibly shouldn't be on a film podcast. But the only one that I saw at the cinema that I didn't really like that much was Aladdin. But I'd, I'd probably give that like a four or a 4.5. Like, I, again, I wouldn't say... So it's this, a this is the same turkey. as my point. I've not... I've, the, genuinely, last year was a good year for film. Like, to, I to can't a degree, see, we like, don't go and watch films that we will mm, loathe. I haven't, I haven't seen Cats, for example. I do want to go and watch Cats, just so that we can review oh, yeah. review the hell out of it. But you guys did come and watch Detective Pikachu, and you're not counting. Uh, that, I didn't you? mind that. I, I quite well. We we did the review, but, but I, I, I quite again, enjoyed that. In a way. Like, I wish saying. my facial expression could be conveyed over the pod. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, it's like it wasn't. Detect Pichu wasn't, I didn't think it was film. a stinker. It's, it's a tricky one, I think. Uh, the best the best of, which we'll get onto in a bit, was was easier, I think, definitely. So, yeah, Aladdin would be the only one. I, like, I thought it was okay, but, you know, I, it just, what's the point of those films, those remakes of the One I didn't animated? see, David, you've seen it, Lion King. Yeah, so the Lion King, I'd say, is exactly what Adam's saying, is like, what was the point of it? Because, so forgettable. Because it's no. not a live-action remake, because it's all CGI, mm. And it's basically exactly the same, but just not as good. Whereas I thought Aladdin was, because it was actually live action, and I, I think enough of it felt different that I actually really enjoyed that. But Lion King, I just thought, I'm, <laughs> what is the point? Was <laughs> what is Jafar the point? as bad as he looked in the trailer? Yes. Jafar was probably the worst thing about it. Yeah, yeah. They, they clearly yeah. run out of money when they had to employ Jafar because he is terrible. Yeah. And do you know, the guy who plays Aladdin... At the start, I was a bit like, oh dear. But as the film progressed through, like, mm. he did grow on me. Um, to be fair, I'm saying I don't enjoy it, but if you'd seen me at the time, like, coming out of the cinema, walking down those steps, did I was like, Prince Ali, Melody. I enjoyed it to an extent. Like, it's, you know, the songs are great, but it, it just it just felt pointless. I, it's, it's, um Will Smith, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing about it for me is that seeing the trailer for it i'm like i'm so confident that it'll be my third favorite of the aladdin like things which is that i liked the cartoon and i've seen it um like the the musical of it in london and it's just definitely not going to be as good so like you say it's like it it's a bit that thing that always that tricky question of what do you remake because do you remake a really good film because it's never going to be as good as the as the old one or do you remake a really terrible film which maybe it was terrible for a reason and it shouldn't be made uh, I don't it's it's tough it's funny it's tough that to sweet do a remake. spot of something that's like it's it a has potential idea but yeah. it was poorly executed maybe because of budget or something mm. I like you know that there was that really old and qu- really weird but quite good cartoon of Lord of the Rings uh, that's something where you're just like okay that just needs a, a budget or like there's probably I think there are terrible versions of like uh, Odysseus uh, or the, I mean, the Odyssey uh, out there, but it's like that's the sort of thing which I'm always surprised that they haven't mm. really made properly yet. But maybe it's difficult. Don't give them ideas. Yeah, I mean, you just you Michael know. Bay, maybe <laughs> <laughs> helicopters. <laughs> the amount of times they've remade an origin story for Spider-Man in our lifetime is yeah. already quite. Bero- How does he get his powers? though? I really <laughs> would like to know. Um, um, Patrick, what are, what are your uh, worst three I've of forgotten. The year? Um, about Detective Pikachu. So thanks for reminding me about that one. That would be up there, I think. 
Um, and then I'm going to put one in um, Rambo Last Blood. Did you watch uh, that? Uh, no, but I'm still putting it in. Because <laughs> I saw the trailer and it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And then I've just seen that it's it's like universally panned as well. So I'm going to... So you'll give out fair. your worst film last year without even watching yeah. it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll watch a few minutes of it. Um, and then there were films that I found a bit disappointing. I, I, as you know, disappointed with um, First Man. Um, 2018. 2018, that, mate. And there were a couple of others sort of a bit disappointed but yeah like Lion King it was just sort of it was yeah, alright c- clearly hasn't done his homework a couple of others I didn't really like <laughs> no I know I know what my, uh, my last one you watched like is. 12 films the other day it's I like, did and uh, my worst film it's like Tom Cruise asked to name his favourite movie and he just yeah, starts yeah, playing really movies. weird I love and he's movies. like movies are great aren't they I just really like oh, it's too many to name just films <laughs> cinema it's brilliant so the worst film I saw was uh, 47 Metres Down uncaged <laughs> so I didn't realise I thought I was watching the one which you said was alright uh, which is called 47 Metres Down yeah. which isn't isn't an awful title but then adding uncaged to it um, brings it down to a whole new level excuse the pun but uh, yeah I watched that that wasn't even in the top three films that I saw on the flight and, that, and that's not an exaggeration. I think you, I saw... You were in New Zealand for Christmas. Yeah. So you, had, so you, you, you watched you a lot of You started watching it and realised it was the sequel, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. But then, I mean, I don't think that's something where it's like, oh, well, like, I, I really need to see Spoilers. the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's probably different characters and... <sighs> The worst possible version of um, the Descent, which is which is quite a good yeah. film, I think, or very scary. It's unbelievably predictable. Nothing unpredictable in it. Group of women, you know, some of whom are like, attractive and whatever, swimming around and then and then going deep into a cave in the dark with giant blind sharks and like things exploding and stuff like that. And yet, was unbelievably boring. What about best three? Who wants to start there? Ollie, but... You go. Me? Yeah, yeah. come me, on. Me? Come yeah. on. Oh, come on, Adam. That's nice. I'm, I've actually ranked these. I can do a three, two, one if you like. Yeah, go on then. Show off. <clears throat> so, in at three... Sir, I've done a whole ranking system. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on, though. I'm the teacher here, am I not? No, <laughs> I always assumed uh, that I was teaching you. Um, yeah, in at three, Little Women. Now, I saw this in 2020... And he saw it a couple of nights ago, but it is actually a 2019 film. It just yeah. snuck in in 2019, and so it's the Greta Gerwig remake. Well, I was going to say remake, but actually, apparently, it's the, the seventh film adaptation of Little Women. Now, I will say, I've never read Little Women or seen any of the previous six adaptations, so it was a new story for me. She's tried to uh, like take a fresh approach where it's she's kind of chopped up the narrative it's not linear so it's kind of intercut with the beginning and end of the story together and it took me a while to work out what was going on i think if you are very familiar with the story it probably you don't have that problem for me it it took me about 30 minutes or so to get into it but i just it's just really nice i would really recommend you watch it it's like joyful and beautifully shot and the performance is a great session ronan's really good uh laura dern actually who you really disliked in star wars uh puts puts in a great shift what I, I was gonna, you're probably gonna laugh at me for this. <laughs> One thing I really liked about it is, at, to a large extent, it's just people being nice to each other. It's just, a, it's like two hours of people being nice. And actually, I think there's a lot to be said for that sometimes. In it to Green Book. Oh, yeah. 
Was that Is that this 20, year? That's, that's 2018. I thought that was 2018. Was it? Yeah, mate. Yeah, because that was in for the Oscars last year. Yeah. So I thought it was 2019. Ah, it was won the Oscar in 2019, did it? I think yeah. it came out right at the end. So that, a bit like you're talking about having seen Little Women this mm. year, but it came out the year before. Did that win Best Film? It yes. won Best Film in 2019. Wow. I I've think, seen it twice, actually. I think it came, it, it came out in November, out in December 2018. But I don't mind if you watched it this year and that's your Have second... Have you both seen it? You're, I've yeah. seen it, yeah. It's great film. Amazing. Yeah. I, well, I definitely saw it in 2019. I, I feel bad, though, because I gave Ollie a hard time for, <laughs> for not getting the year of yeah, films Yeah, but right. you've done your research. You've, you know... I'll stick with Green Book then. I definitely saw it in 2019. I, I, don't, know, I, I, I don't know if you guys have all seen it, but brilliant performances from the two leads and uh, I thought it was fantastic. And number one, and I think you might want to say something about this, Patrick, uh, Fighting With My Family. Stephen Merchant nothing to say. wrestling film and I know you saw that on the plane back from New Zealand did. for anyone who's not seen that it's uh, it's actually based on a Channel 4 documentary about a, a British True story, family yeah. of wrestlers and uh, the girl the daughter who uh, goes and, and makes it in the WWE written and directed by Stephen Merchant uh, I, I, think, just, I think financed basically by The Rock isn't it mm. or kind of like he saw the documentary and was like, we need to do something about this. And then, I don't know, I wonder what he knew, what would he have known Stephen Merchant from before? Because he, I did, I do think, I saw quite a funny interview with the two of them, but he was like, he thought of Stephen Merchant as like, oh, he'll, he could do it sort of thing. Right. Which is quite cool. Yeah, possibly the office extras, I don't know. But yeah. it, it's just, uh, it's really funny, extremely uplifting. It reminded me quite a lot of Cool Runnings. Yeah. Because you said to me, that you were surprised you said to me Patrick that you were surprised that I liked it so much because I'm not into wrestling yeah but I sort of it, why I say it reminds me of Cool Runnings is because like it is about wrestling and it's also not about wrestling like it's it's about the kind of human side of it and the way that Cool Runnings yeah. you wouldn't be like I'm surprised you enjoyed Cool Runnings because you're not really that into the Winter Olympics like it's yeah. it's about bobsleigh and it's, it's no, and, and also more fundamentally than that it's about uh, enthusiasm and passion for something yeah. so it's like that thing of I think uh, when someone's really passionate about something not this is it wouldn't count everything but it almost doesn't matter what it is because it is what what makes them come alive and stuff mm. and i think the film does that really well just shows like a family's like obsession there's quite an quite a, a really nice part where the the dad he says like oh, i was in prison for eight years and the wife in the background is like yeah mostly violence <laughs> and he's like um i can't remember what he says like, some people say such and such like saved their marriage but for us it was wrestling um, and then for their whole family and stuff, and just their their like love of it, and the kind of the family feel of it, and the the um, the like estate they live mm. um, on or nearby, and all that sort of stuff. Don't really And then and then the like because I don't think because basically I don't think Stephen Merchant was a wrestling fan, no. um, but he said he like he 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 started to see what people kind of love in it, and um, the, all the. Gl like not glamour but like the sort of um the lights and the craziness of of it and it's a it's just a really good story i think and everyone yeah and the, like the well. kind of complicated relationship between the brother and sister and his like intense jealousy that she's yeah. made it and that's all he ever wanted it's really well done the performances are fantastic it's very emotional and i kind of think it's perfect like on its own terms into like in the sense that there's not really anything that I would criticise in it. Like, no. It's just, it's not trying to do anything too spectacular. It's just like a, you know, a yeah. nice, yeah, like, it's probably not like co the coherent story. Probably not like the best film ever made, but it's, it for what it sets all out the right to do, notes. It, you can't, I can't really, 
fault it. Fault it too much. Yeah. If you're not getting, <laughs> if it's not coming across, Have you seen I it, loved Dave? it. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with you guys. I Like, for me, and we'll talk about it, not in my top three, but it's definitely one of the best films yeah. that I saw last year. But as we were saying before, it's a great year for films. I thought that was definitely one. I remember at the end of it actually feeling quite emotional. So, yeah. But also, like, because we were big wrestling fans. You, you were as well, I think, Ollie. Oh, Ollie. Um, uh, so it just that's a testament to it as well, that it, I think it appeal it could appeal to, to both, hmm. like, people who 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 liked that world and and and, 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 and weren't into and, and uh more interesting and intelligent people um, <laughs> uh, dave what's your or ollie do you want to go next i want to apologize by the way because green book came out in the uk in 2019 thank you vindicated yeah it, i think it was released in the us at the end of 2018 and so there was lots of reviews swirling around in 2018 but I did just check, and actually, I think the cinematic release in the UK was in uh, the start of February. So, so I can get away with it. So you can have that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm glad I let you have it originally, <laughs> rather than. <laughs> Thanks, Ollie. Go on, your top three. Okay, so I've in third. I've got two films which I could not split apart as enjoying. So he's got a top four. Got a top four. <laughs> uh, top in joint top three uh, are Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Midsummer. In third, I've got ten films. Like, <laughs> I just couldn't separate. Uh, Midsummer, uh, sort of horror horror film by Ari Aster, who did Hereditary. Uh, it's got sort of elements of the Wicker Man in it, and some genuinely quite disturbing scenes. Um, but a really interesting and quite original film. Is there any like broken arms or anything in it? As worse than that, is <laughs> he bloody some, loves those? There's some it? foul scenes. There's in some it. very foul scenes. Uh, and obviously Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was Quentin Tarantino's latest film, which I really enjoyed, actually, more than I thought it was going to. You do you do love violence, you though, don't you? You weren't as much a fan of it, Dave, were you? No, or? I was a huge fan of oh, okay. Once Upon a Time in yeah. Hollywood. I yeah. find it, like, I really enjoyed it, but I was just, and in many ways was impressed by Tarantino that he was doing such, in some ways, quite a low-key film. Yeah. It's quite odd. Like, the plot is odd. In a way, it's a buddy movie um, mm. about those two characters and then the whole what it does with the whole uh, manson family story which kind of comes into it late on to a degree is weird um, yeah i remember Kermo talking about uh, the film marie antoinette which basically at the end i think like marie antoinette and like louis the 16th ride off into the sunset almost and it's kind of like hang on they were beheaded um this is a bit like that but not that that matters because it's quite an interesting thing to do um yeah, that's a big spoiler but it's basically like you know um uh sharon tate isn't killed and but that's the <laughs> whole concept reason. of the film it's like the fairy tale alternate reality that yeah. he's creating and it's his sort of hom- homage yeah. to hollywood i really enjoyed it when we went to watch it i wasn't certain that it was one of my favorite films of the year yeah but subsequently listening to a lot of interviews with quentin tarantino made me feel very differently from it and i've got like a, i've got like a lot of respect for mm. what he set out to do and how he executes it and how he just thinks about films and cinema is i think unlike any other direct, like when he's mm. talking about like the songs he's putting into it and like him growing up he's just in a Hollywood. Mega geek, basically yeah he's a mega geek and like all these little things that when you're watching the film you're like oh that's cool and then you, yeah. when he talks about it you're like in fa- in fairness like that's amazing have you seen like, it bath no, no, no. The, the, one of, I think some of the best stuff in it is like DiCaprio's character 
talking to the little girl. It's yeah. brilliant. And then that thing when he then they do a scene and she's like, that's the best acting I've ever seen. And what's brilliant is sort of meta thing of it, but it is brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, DiCaprio's acting within the film. Uh, and it was, I think some of it's fairly sort of gently paced, but uh, I think DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are, are good enough in it to... To I think make Brad it just Pitt's enjoyable. The best. He's really, he's really funny. He is very funny. Um, and again, that thing of uh, I'm impressed, impressed by Tarantino for to, to a large degree, like dialing it back or not having. It's got all the stuff, the nods to other films, all the like uh, geekery, but without being, you know, for example, it's not too much of Chapter Three. This happy or or messing about too much, too many nods, uh, and also it is funny that I'm I've always criticized tarantino because he's like obsessed with oh let, can he do a film without like torture or like <laughs> this and it's really funny because it's like the entire film you're like wow is it really restrained and then literally it's like five minutes to go and there's people getting their heads caved in and like <laughs> dogs are t- attacking a that man's was, that groin was, someone I'm, being flamethrowed and you're like he's lost his mind <laughs> a, there's a bit where he's yeah uh, just smashing someone's face on a fireplace, I think it is, isn't it? It's and awful, it's, yeah. But it comes out of nowhere because the whole film is just really quite, yeah. as you said, restrained. And all of a sudden, yeah. it's got this ultra-violent set But it, is, it also is actually quite comical because it Brad comical, Pitt yeah. is sort of in a slightly drugged state. And yeah. he's sort of asking them, like, are you real? <laughs> and uh, and he like throws a tin of beans at the woman or something. I remember going to watch it, there was quite a lot of, like, in that scene, laughter in this. I went to watch. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, but I think like the film had been built up in a way, and it's delivered like although it's ultra violence, it's delivered in like quite a humorous way. Yeah. And whether or not that's something which should sit comfortably with people or not, I don't know. It's but like, so, it's so ludicrous that it yeah. works. It's a bit like there's a there's quite an important difference between um, you know people like uh, smashing up zombies to like smashing up a human who's like, you know, like oh, a character that you like. So, and I know that there were lots of complaints and things about The Walking Dead that basically about that, that it's like usually it's like them kind of shooting zombies and whatever. And then there's other ones where it's just someone getting their head like caved in, mm. but for like five minutes of screen time. So it's like there's something a bit th- grim and gratuitous. I think with this film, it's the fact that we know what those people did in real life. Mm. And so when it's like the reverse is happening to them, and it's a bit like when they kill Hitler in Inglorious Bastards, mm. you know, it you're sort of on side with it because you're like, I know I've, the whole film I've been waiting mm. for these people to do something awful to a character that has been set up in the film to be a really nice person, mm. and I don't want to watch that. And then they flip it, and those people have the ultraviolence inflicted on them is almost like it's like a relief as well which is why i think people probably found it funny but also the 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 that's true but um um dicaprio like lying on like a, a an inflatable thing in the pool with like a, a frozen margarita and then a woman with like her face covered in blood like wailing like walk smashing through the glass door and falling into the pool is absolutely hilarious <laughs> and he's because he, he's just like what the fuck is going on should i crack on yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah two and so one. number two uh it doesn't really need any, need any introduction would be avengers endgame and then in number one what's avengers endgame i've not heard of you've heard of that mate yeah. oh i'll lend it to you you want to watch it uh, there aren't any films i need to watch before that and then number one was joker 
for me. With Ooh, I forgot about Joaquin Joker. Phoenix playing the lead role as Arthur Fleck. Uh, and I just thought it was absolutely superb throughout. So yeah, it's my top three. And mm. honourable mention, Apollo 11 documentary as well, which I thought was excellent. So that's the top five. <laughs> top, top five. There's just so many good films last year. Anyway, sorry, David. Yeah, so I'm not going to put mine in any particular order. Although, much like Ollie with his sort of split personality on what number three would be, I've been having the same sort of thing, but with about four films right <laughs> which are so, so i've got i've got, got two top seven. top seven the two the two which are definitely in the top three are um avengers endgame which i i've said on this pod when we did it the review of it i thought was absolutely brilliant and was a fitting end to the marvel franchise although they're not ending it there if they ended it there it would be perfect joker which i agree with ollie i think was an amazing film an amazing performance um, and very impressive that they were able to make it at all. Um, and then jostling for three, and I will pick what the third one is, but again, it would be between Midsummer, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ad Astra, maybe. And I think the reason it's not in there is because I watched it at home and not in the cinema. But I think that's a very um, impressive film. And then because we, we were talking about it today, and actually because of how it made me feel. So I don't think I would rate Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker in a point system as a better film than any of those three. Mm. But because of how it made me feel and the fact that I enjoyed it so much that I would watch it again, even though I don't think it's as good a film, I think that would be the film which rounds off my top three. I think that's fair. I think that's valid. So it's, so it's Star Wars, Joker, Joker. and Avengers Endgame. Like like Adam saying that um, he saw Star Wars one tired and things. I started watching Avengers Endgame on a flight, <laughs> <laughs> so on that screen. And bearing in mind that I, it was really annoying as well. The flight, the the choices. There were many Marvel films there, mm. but they were missing one, which I didn't realize. Like I was trying to watch. Um, I watched Age uh, Age of Ultron. Oh Is God, it? that's number two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but then they didn't have the next one. It's like Infinity War. War. So, so oh, the, the one which so the one, it up. So the one which so Endgame started with this whole thing of them going like, oh wow, like Thanos won, and like half of the entire universe like wiped out or something. And I was like, hang on a second, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, but so I, I basically couldn't get into it. But I, I'll try and um, I might watch. I probably won't watch all of the Marvel films, but. Uh, um, but Matt, for, for my three, um, it's an odd one in a way because I, I probably would put Joker there, and I definitely think that I'd put uh, fighting, fighting with my family, and they could not be more different as well. But also, Joker to a large degree, I think, apart from the end, like the last fifteen minutes, is weirdly like euphoric and uh, great, sort of fun uh, in a guilty way, in a sense, because you're like it's chaos and it's um anarchy but before that i don't I, lots and lots of people say have said this that you know like oh wow I, I, I didn't really find it enjoyable like it i enjoyed the it as a film and the performance and the look of it and the and the plot but it's not like it's certainly not joyful it's not like um uh it's really grim uh, and in fact some of the grimmest like i for me, the grimmest part of it was like him strangling his mother. Um, 
whereas other people, you know, there's like a, there's a sort of scene. <laughs> people of, love that bit. Scene of ultra violence <laughs> in, in that, but I didn't like. Joker probably deserved a, a pod, but um, the fact that he then, which I thought was quite good in a way, he then finds a photo that kind of implies that his mother may have actually been telling the truth. But yeah, like the, the last part, I, th- I think that the like dancing on the stairs and things will be, it's like an image that will last as like in cinema, I think in like 30 years or whatever, that'll still be like a, if you, the same way that, you know, um, you're talking to me kind of thing. With, yeah. Um, if you dialed down Charles a bit on Bickle. it, because when we, when you, when you first went and saw it, I remember, because I remember you messaged me about this just mm. after you'd seen it. Mm. You destroy. Uh, you gave it one word, and you said extraordinary. I do think it's extraordinary, yeah. but I I kind of mean that um, literally as well. That it's like it's not an ordinary film. It's it's distinctive. Mm. That would be in there for me. So what that one fighting with my family, and uh, I did. I I probably would put the Irishman in there. Although I watched it in two sittings, where I think I would have been better off watching it in one, and it's long and slow and everything, but I do, I, I, I enjoyed seeing Joe Pesci acting again. Um, I thought all the performances were good. I, do, I, I understand the thing of plot wise. It's an, it's quite an odd film. I know. Yeah. I know we've kind of talked about this offline, but I think my issues with the Irishman are much like you were just talking about in 30 years time, will still have that image of, joker dancing on the stairs seared into our memory mm. from the irishman it's a film i watched three weeks ago and i can't remember anything from it mm. it's, i just don't think it's memorable enough i think great performances and i remember mm. when i was watching it thinking great performances from pacino pesci and stephen graham not so much robert de niro mm. um but that just nothing really happens what's really funny about it is that um I think one of the reasons Joe Pesci's so good in it is because he didn't want to be in it. <laughs> he hasn't acted in like 15 years or something. Um, he gave up acting. Really? And he and he also, he's quite an interesting man. Like he, he said that he never wanted to be in acting really, but it was in his family and he was like really kind of encouraged into it and stuff. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but his Oscar acceptance speech for Goodfellas, in which he is absolutely extraordinary um, and terrifying, um, the ultimate sort of small man syndrome uh, performance. But uh, he gets announced and wins the category for best supporting actor. And he comes up onto stage and he's like, looks a bit surprised. And he just goes, um, it's my privilege. Thank you. And just like walks off. It's like the shortest speech they've <laughs> ever had, which is much better than the really long ones. But apparently it was also because he didn't expect, he didn't think he'd win. But um, very good in Home Alone as well. Yeah, yeah. He is. He's cracking in that, isn't he? He's really good. He, he genuinely yeah. is. I'm serious. But yeah. Hiya, pal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's 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 key part. He's mm-hmm. like a key element for why Home Alone works so well. But um, yeah, no, in this one, so Robert De Niro apparently had to ask him like 50 times um, like over and over and over again to, to come out of retirement and be in this film. And so he, he, he absolutely had him down as like, we need him in it. But then when you watch him in it, his character, he's like a, he's a mob boss, really. Um, but it's so casual. He doesn't look like he's trying at all, and it, and it really works. So that's your top three then. Irishman, Joker, fighting with my family. Yeah, I'm happy with that, I think. There were plenty <laughs> yeah. of good ones. No one put the favourite, or was that the year before? No, yeah, that, that was this year, yeah, the favourite. Yeah. No. Um, we watched it right at the start of the year, which was, I think... You a- all reviewed... I, I actually reviewed it one of the lowest, I think, but I was still... 
like it's still it's still a good good film. I think it was I a think. very good film, but pardon the pun, not one of my favourites. Oh, <laughs> that's very year. good. That's very clever. I was just thinking. Suddenly, I was just thinking like, yeah, Joker and Irishman. In a way, I think are very good films. Whereas Fighting with My Family, I do think is a really good film, but it's also that thing of just. It's like what people have said sometimes about um, uh, a film that you and I love, Adam, and, and I think everyone here likes, is It's Wonderful Life. But it, there was a thing written about it where it's like, it's kind of what cinema was made for mm. to make people feel good. Yeah. Or, and that's, yeah, Fighting With My Family is good for that. I it's did very just, enjoyable. yeah, I came out of it feeling very, very happy. Beaming. <laughs> Beaming, exactly. I beamed all the way home. All right, well, uh, I think that about does it. Yep. Happy cool. with that. 2020 looking similarly good for film. Uh, I actually think the roster of films coming up in 2020 doesn't look as exciting. So it'll be interesting to see how we feel this time next year. That will be fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cheers, guys. We'll be back soon, hopefully, Yep. to talk about something. Cool. We'll <laughs> see what that is. <laughs> Until then. Bye-bye for bye-bye. now. Bye. 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 bye.